Tonight, we are going to cover what has happened so far in fantasy, as well as the season outlook for the 619 team, the San Diego Padres. Stay classy. It's time for Dingers. This is Dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go. Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just you, but we do championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. Tyler Schultz here, joined again by Robbie Baseball, rocking an orange shirt this evening. Robbie, what's happening? Good. It's from my restaurant's early days, back when it was just called Grub to Go. Um, these are now my work shirts for doing big work. Sorry, I thought that was the shirt you used to wear to the bar in college. <laughs> just being grub to go yeah i was a grub to go but uh hey met my wife in college so there we go uh, she didn't meet me till several years later but i've been following her uh anyway um yeah so lots has happened in baseball we've got a fun episode we've got listener questions thank you for everybody that sent uh dms and messaged us about fun things we will get to the questions we had some of them i answered uh, earlier just because recording time they wanted information now right away and if you hit us up at dingers pod uh myself at robbie baseball one or ty at tourney boss we will get you the answers you need to be more better at fantasy just like we are at grammar um ty i'm thirsty you thirsty i, I got you a long time ago someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. All fake uh, noises, but we are really drinking. Um, I, as I said to Ty before, have five. That's right, everybody. Five Waterloo Dark Laps. I promise there aren't any more, uh, but I am going to down a couple of them tonight. I feel like we should have like a graphic countdown for how many Waterloo Darks are left. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> but I really can't wait to be over it. Like I did take that little break and have a bunch of those transatlantics. I think I downed about a dozen of those bad boys and I got a dozen left. But um, it's the time is nearing, Ty, for me to get out there. And thank goodness, even though we are in lockdown number three here in Ontario, the government, which cares about us, will keep the liquor and beer stores open. Oh, thank goodness. Good luck, yeah. independent businesses. But mega corporations, keep those doors open. That's right. Yeah. Record profits because you are the only place <laughs> for people to go. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that beer. That was definitely one of the ones that I found outside. <clears throat> yeah, she's got some spunk to her, but I'm going to make it through tonight. Um, so speaking of spunk, Ty, do we want to dive right into San Diego and then we'll circle back to all the fun and games when we do questions? 
Yeah, I think that's a, a reasonable strategy. I mean, the San Diego team obviously had a ton of uh, media coverage over the offseason. They did some things. They officially um, so won the offseason. That's what they did, Ty. Followed by Tommy Pham, who has turned down the swagger after off-season issues. Um, Too much swagger. <laughs> that's right. so, he took a stab at swagger and he's rolled back. Oh! So <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing it. Um, he's he's we'll, the guy. We'll take those jabs all night long. That's we'll right. Away. Yeah. Um, and, and definitely a guy that I'm not so sure is going to remain in this lineup. Um, you know, whether it's just recovery, we've not seen good at bats from Tommy Pham and the ones that I've seen so far this season. I'm well, concerned. Some, sorry, Ty, finish your point, please. Well, I was gonna say I'm I'm just seeing things, and I'm I'm willing to wait because it's Tommy Pham and he's he's a hit first kind of guy. So I'm willing to wait. This is the kind of guy that if I'm not an owner of Tony Pham, I'm or Tommy Pham, and I'm shallow somewhere, I'm looking for him to be dropped at this point because he's the kind of guy that you can get in the waiver wire in week four and, and have as a valuable piece later. So people will give up on a guy like Tommy Pham way too early. And some early luck, I would say, you know, missed the first little bit of the season now comes in a couple dingers under his belt and things are looking good. But I mean, by the end of the season, he could certainly fall apart and, you know, those stitches let out on him and we could have a staff infection. So there's a lot going on inside Tommy Pham's body and, it could affect him as the season goes on. And like, I'm half joking, of course, because of the stitches and the stabbing and things, but also just the fact that like, it's a 33 year old guy who is on a team that's just going to push hard all season. And they were willing to 
take Hasim Kim and throw him into the outfield to give him the opportunity to get at bats, which means they're willing to cost guys like Tommy Pham and I mean, possibly Myers and possibly Grisham at bats to get the best offensive lineup they can going without sacrificing a lot on defense. So whomever is not getting it done on the offensive side in San Diego will not be getting, you know, over 500 at bats this season. Yeah. And, and a guy that I think a lot of people assumed was a flash in the pan last season, uh, Jerkson profile is still out there just getting it done. Uh, he's playing second base tonight early couple walks, which is really something we didn't see in the early part of his career, but he's still like 26. Like he's not that 28. old. It's, it's, who knows what he actually has on his driver's license. Oh, um, so wouldn't that mean he's like 32? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Why are you <laughs> making him? Oh, you, sorry. Sorry. You made him younger. No, I was, I, him younger. I was yeah. going the right way. Yes. 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 Sorry. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the skunky Waterloo dark. <laughs> Um, and then Luis Capisano, who has been cleared of whatever charges he was potentially guilty of. Um, so he's in the lineup and the heart of the order. Austin Nola is missing. So, yeah, uh, that's an, yeah, he is missing. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> Don't is. I know it, <laughs> but Victor Carantini gets time when, uh, you pitching and, you know, then they've got Kim as a bench shortstop, however, they're going to work it out. And then. Uh, to to seep to Maracona, I whew, nailed it. And uh, I'm gonna call him my boy, uh, Jorge Mateo, the 25 year old, almost 26 year old, who we were discussing this offseason. Came over in a trade last year. Um, I wanted good things for him, and he was decent in the spring. He's still in a you know, he's a bench role, move him around guy, but that's okay. You know, everybody that is excited about all these hot um, early season success stories that we've got a bunch of questions about that we're going to answer later in the podcast. This is a guy who could be on that list, you know, next year could be a down the stretch guy. You just have to stick around sometimes and stay in front of coaches, stay in the, stay with the ability or sorry, sorry, stay within the organization so that you are in line. um, So you don't have to move to a new organization and um, hope for good things. So Mateo is still one of those dudes, but uh, rotation is more fun. Mateo very easily could be trade bait too, like for a reliever as all of their relievers seem to be injured. So no options left. So yeah, he's got to He's got to be hitting to be good. Well, but he's still got the power that another team might look for off the bench, right? So when you have a guy like C.J. Abrams coming shortly um, and, and a couple other guys that Who we'll touch looked, on here. looked ready in the spring. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, young guy, but it doesn't matter. Like when they're up there in the spring, they're, they're there to do a job and he was doing the job he was supposed to. So why don't you rotation us? Because this is this is a – an interesting rotation, let's say. Yeah, I mean, the obvious leader of this pack, Mike Clevenger, is hurt. And then he followed by young arm, Adrian Morhan, hurt. And then you look at guys like Denelson Lamette, hurt. Should be back, possibly Friday. And I mean, those three guys are, are a rotation on most other teams right there. Like, that's their best three. And those guys are the backup plan. Um, the actual rotation right now is you, Darvish, kind of good. Blake Snell, kind of good, although only two-thirds of an inning tonight. And there's no news that I've seen just yet so far about what happened there. And um, it wasn't pitch count related, as it usually is when Snell comes out before he's supposed to should. 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yancey's crying listening right now. Just... <laughs> uh, uh, no, but then but... followed. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just that. Then the next guy in the rotation is you know hot, yeah, hot soup right now. El Perfecto, almost Joe Joe Musgrove uh, is a guy that came over from Pittsburgh in the offseason and has been what they thought he would be, right? So you know nothing to be disappointed with so far. Uh, I think it's still a bit of a mirage. Um, Me too. But I'm not. I'm definitely not buying Joe Musgrove at this point. I, I might have been interested to buy in the offseason as a buy and then sell. So now is your moment to sell Joe Musgrove. Uh, if you're listening and you're well, not sure or or not in contention, right? If you're not in contention in your league for this year in a deep format, you should be getting out of your Joe Musgrove share immediately. Great point. Uh, what I would say, Ty, is that there are a lot of teams that are in contention in their leagues who do not have the safe bet, or they might be like the they might be the Clevenger owner, they might be the Thor owner, the Severino owner. You know, you name the starter that's hurt for either the whole year or a bunch of this year, and that's their guy, this might be an opportunity for you to be like, hey, Joe Musgrove today for your other dude later and maybe kick a little something, you know, and that's where we can come in with some of those other names that you can get in return and trade that turn out to be the future guys that win weeks. And I agree. Like I know people on Twitter are like, oh, he – He's so good. And other people are like, oh, you crapped on him in the offseason. You know, E. Crow. But like all sorts of levels of starting pitchers can get no hitters. And Aww. it's great. Like they're all elite athletes, right? They can put it together for one night. Let's let's through what eight more starts. Let's get them to 10. And then let's get an honest in San Diego. Well, I mean, you have to remember too is that you have only if you're a Twitter follower and you're not following somebody that's been around for multiple years. Like there's a lot of industry experts who have come out of nowhere because they had nothing to do for the last year. So right. keep that in mind, like who you're following and trusting uh, when it comes to that. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that Joe Musgrove just, we've seen enough of Joe Musgrove to know that elite isn't the word you put on him, but some people still put it there. And Robbie, I love your point about there's guys everywhere that can everywhere like if you look at the the list of names like it's there's some greats but it's certainly not something that's like overwhelming right so alec mills right you know yeah um combination of aaron sanchez will harris joe biagini and chris like (laughs) you know like you mike fires through a no hitter right shamanaya through a no hitter mike fires through another no hitter right so you know by no means are we going to call mike fires elite so just keep that in mind. Don't get over jacked up over, over one outing. Um, all the stars can align. Um, follow at the back end of this rotation, Chris Paddock, who still working on that third pitch, right? It's yep. it's the thing that's missing for Chris Paddock. Um, and apparently I learned this this week. I didn't know this. Did you know the guy crushes a full pizza before every start? Uh, I did find that out and it was found out. I guess it, I mean, you know, Twitter's just really fantasy baseball Twitter at least is really angry right now, like at everything and everyone. Um, so it was said as if that's one of the many reasons he's terrible because he puts that in his body. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You know, like I remember working, I so the London hunt club tie, uh, we would have our dinner break and 
um, we would run, somebody would run down or drive down to Little Caesars and pick up those $5 pizzas and they'd pick up three or four for however many people were doing it. Cause if we didn't like what was in the clubhouse, we'd go and get that. And we, uh, we'd, we'd had a race. Whoever finished first could just go and hang out in the pro shop. Whoever finished second had to like clean the range. Whoever finished third had to wash clubs at the end of the night at a private club. The worst job is, is cleaning clubs and then throwing them back in the lockers. So uh, it was like an eat it quick kind of scenario. But, but this is a grown man. You know, he's much bigger now. I, he's probably around the same age, 25. No, I was younger, but that's okay. Five years younger than him when I was doing that. But still, like, that's, that's a thing you can do when you're that age. You know, it's, I'm it's not, not going to ruin your body. I'm not upset, but I will say if you are struggling, you very, very uh, much need to realize that, hey, maybe it's time for me to make a change. Right. And I think that's the thing that concerns me the most is like, maybe I should change my diet. Right. Just maybe. <laughs> right. Like, in, you know, I'm, I am a professional athlete. I get paid to play this. Maybe so, I should change that strategy. I'm sure I feel like it's been brought up before, you know, like, but maybe that maybe the day he pitches is like, like one of those cheat day things. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> well, I don't I mean, know. Like, I mean, like, look at Michael Phelps, like that guy ate an incredible amount of terrible food before winning just gold on gold on gold. So, you know, hard, hard to argue with calorie intake, which is the part the average human doesn't understand, right? It's a caloric intake thing that he's addressing. The guy's a big human. Like he's a, he's a large yeah. man. He needs to be able to go out there and sit with that cheese in his belly and get through a game. Yep. It's it's a thing people, but anyway, so two pitch paddock who uh, let's really quickly talk ceiling on him. We'll relate it to Mr. Baseball today, which is Tyler Glasnow. Tyler Glasnow was, was a two pitch Tommy as well. Just like paddock's teammate, Denelson Lamette. Now paddock two pitch. Everybody's just sitting. They, they can pick, pick and choose what they want to do. He's not dotting spots. He's not dangerous, but when he broke in, it was like, well, look at this guy go. But yes, that third pitch needs to come. Now, Glasnow was in the exact same situation, but was, you know, never like came up and like pitch 150 and pitch 150. It was health related for him. So he now has third pitch, new pitch, huge. I think his swinging strike rate is huge on, on um, well, on all the pitches now because he's just become more dominant with third pitch, but he added it. It's effective at getting strikes. And that's what Paddock could be doing. And I think the ceiling for Paddock is still like, 15 starting pitcher but you need a third pitch and that is not easy to just put in the arsenal yeah, for me the thing that i'm not very excited about is the uh, fastball race almost 61 percent of the time and it, he's got the whole he's not covered right there's no consistency to the edges the corner is way too much right down the middle and Is that today in two starts, right? He's he's averaged out. Um, or see, half a second. Yeah, that's the second start. So in two starts, eight innings pitch, he has averaged half a curveball per inning. That's like it. So yeah, like <laughs> you can't survive fastball change up in two point five percent of the time throw a curveball. Like you need you need a. Away the rights. You need to 
right? They're they're going to sit fastball, and then you can get ahead 0 and one. And and then it's up to like how you want how a catcher wants to manage that. Is that there's going to be wild pitches everywhere? You need your former teammate Austin Hedges there catching and scooping it, and maybe maybe there's some concern with that. I honestly don't think that's it. But let's just try to be optimistic with best case paddock. Um, Kirk Caselli catching out in San Francisco did Anthony Desclafani a huge solid. I can't remember what the scenario was. I think it was Sunday night. Desclafani was in, and he was just throwing throwing snot everywhere and Caselli was making blocks and keeping the ball in front so that runners weren't advancing. And he was doing his thing to let Desclafani get swinging strikes. And maybe that's the thing that Paddock needs is he needs the trust of a catcher that he can be a little more adventurous with. I don't know. There's obviously there's going to be coaches in his ear. There's going to be options for him. It's just you, he has two major league pitches. He needs a third or the strikeouts are going to just disappear and he's going to become this well, weird Wade Miley ne- flyer. And he's never dominated. Like, I, this is something that I've always thought about in baseball that I think is underappreciated. Like, you have to have something that keeps them off balance. Like, so far he's throwing those Absolutely. four curveballs, but he has 100% whiff rate on four pitches. Small sample. But, like, even if that gets back down to your career average, which is roughly, like, 18%, like that's still a reasonable amount for a third pitch, right? And so yes. cha- change ups is out pitch, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you know, the, the you can't you need to set up the fastball at the top of the zone, especially if you're having trouble controlling it. You need the ability to just let it go and have it get up in the zone and not have them know as soon as it gets above their belt that it's a fastball, right? You can just you can't have that as the out because it's an immediate trigger for bombs. And so luckily he hasn't given up any this year, but unfortunately he's been hit very hard. Well, and they can cheat on it too, right? Ty, you can, you can cheat on a fastball. You can get ahead and then you'll get burned if he starts throwing changeups. But like you said, he's not, he's not doing that. And if he had a curve that he was, well, he has a curve. If he's using the curve, Mm -hmm. even, even if he's throwing three in inning, you know, that could be one, whatever, one to each batter. If he's able to do that, that's that off balance you're talking about. That's the, instead of cheating, that's the sitting back. And then your fastball becomes more lethal because all of a sudden you've got a lot more change. Now you can also do the Zach Granke, what 51 mile an hour um, knuckle curve, whatever it was he threw the other night. And I just, I love it. Like, I don't know. Like the whole thing's great with Granke. I like, he got knocked around, but it didn't. That's not what I cared about. What I cared about is the fact that Granke's like, how can I get a strike? I will do that thing that gets me the strike. So, but let's, let's go into the bullpen here. We did do the NL bullpen episode. Not a lot has changed uh, at the other end though. I'll start Ty. They've got Ryan Weathers, lefty rookie, 21 year old first round pick in 18. Great to see another 18 draft pick. I think let's he's all their, remember. Isn't he their number two or three prospect right now or was uh, top uh well top five guy for sure like he's not one or two like they've got they've got gore they've got uh cj abrams so he he could easily be a top five i don't know exactly where he would be in the organization depends i don't have my rankings in front but i love that you asked when i, I didn't have there. it yeah he's five i just don't agree with that at all uh definitely have weathers three for those two my opinion with Weathers being up now, it's a good time to pass over a catcher. That's a, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. up, which is good. But that's 
something that really has annoyed me. I've been at hearing some dynasty stuff and doing some reading about uh, feelings and, and thoughts on other dynasty players and things that have changed early in the season. It's too early for dynasty owners to be talking about like massive shifts in guys like Jonathan India getting called up. It's great. You know, but that doesn't all of a sudden mean jumps up like You know, Ryan Mountcastle was given opportunity ahead of schedule for what I thought would happen last year. And I was really happy with it. So I thought he was going to walk in this year and have that like crummy April adjustment period and then start rolling. Well, he's having the crummy April part. So let's hope there's that adjustment period coming the second half of the month and good things can happen, but off topic. So Ryan Weathers, he's at the back end uh, or sorry, he's, he's long, long inning dude. Um, they've got what Chris Matt, Taylor Williams, Craig Stammen, and then there's the other three-pitch three three-pitcher guy, sorry, three-batter guy, Austin Adams as well. And then you got Keone Kella, who's been coming in um, earlier when needed. And then you've got Emilio Pagan, who's got the opportunity for saves and holds, Drew Pomeranz, who everybody was talking about earlier in the offseason, and Mark Melanson, who when he went there, it was an obvious, this will be Mark Melanson's job. Well, we'll, we'll discuss it later in this episode. It is Mark Melanson's job at the end of the bolt. Like he is a final six out guy. It's just a matter of what six he's going to be given the opportunity to get. Um, it's still a good bullpen, yeah. you know, like it's good. <laughs> well, I like I mean, it. It's super deep, right? Like they did a good job in preparing for some depth issues, which they've had already this season. So like great move. I mean, Preller, regardless of how this goes should just because they're not Owen 11 right now um, should get some credit this season. So he's done a nice job building depth. And that's the way to do it. That's always helpful. Lamette. Johnson, who I think is a good late inning guy. Uh, Daniel Tavilla could be somebody. Michael Baez, Castillo. There are dudes, right? There are arms that will come up later this year who can impact if and when it's needed. Did, um, didn't Baez have Tommy John? Oh, was he TJ? I, I think he went down. Okay, I don't have the note on it for TJ. So my fault. Yes, he's 60 day. Yeah. And and I'm like Pierce, Pierce and Stram are both 10 day, as is Altavilla. Sorry, that was my mistake. Um, but there are guys who can still come up and in fact, Johnson was specifically referencing on that. But then as you earlier said, there's this, uh, prospect depth. So at the catcher position, it's, up. you know, every, everybody, everybody that's should be somebody is up there. There really anybody notable. Um, you can break into first and it's kind of the same story. Like they just don't have the dudes. Um, they've got J2 guy from the 17th class, Vladimir Echeria. Um, that's about it. You know, you got a rule, a rule five guy, uh, Jorman Rodriguez, who was with the Blue Jays. I don't know who that is. That tells me there's a reason why. Um, well, he you know, was a rule five old. at the AAA level. So that's yes, yeah, good. AAA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's age related as well. So, um, 
but yeah, and then then you can move into second base and you start to see Asturi Ruiz is kicking around. Uh, you had mentioned Ty earlier. I think this is more just like name, right? Ripken Reyes, like, yes. It just sounds like a ball player. Yeah, yeah, I like it. You should be. His dad, clearly a, an Orioles fan. Um, but yeah, then you can move into, what do we got here? Shortstop, or sorry. Um, yeah, shortstop. So there's like Victor Acosta at the other end who was just signed in the J2 class, Luis uh almonds are you know there's dudes right there's dudes everywhere here you got cj abrams one of the top prospects in baseball uh it's it's great it's great all of this is good they've got a lot of depth they're going to be making moves this offseason and then there are um the guys that we talked about beforehand brian o'grady was somebody that i liked this year who i think had one at bat and then was sent down again so he was maybe tommy up for tommy fam until fam was healthy but O'Grady's somebody who's a huge masher. These are the types of guys that can come up if they're, you know, streaking at AAA once that fires up. Um, you know, they can they can come up and make a big impact as the season is progressing. Uh, but a lot of it is younger on the younger end in the outfield. You've got um, Tirso Ornelas. Yeah, that was yeah. the guy I was going to make sure you didn't skim over. Robert Hassel the uh, third. Yeah. Where, know, there I, know will Robbie, be... I, I know you like Hassel. Um... I don't like Hassel. Like, I don't. I think he and Veen are in the same class. So for anybody that's listened for a bit, you'll understand that that's more of a bust comment than it is Interesting. a breakout comment. Yeah. Oof. See, I, I, I think Veen could be a bust, but I also think Veen could be a superstar. I don't feel like Hassel can be a superstar. That's where, where I differ. Okay. I, I think that they're both high pedigree dudes. Um, Hassel, I, I think the knock on him was that there was less scouting available for him and uh, Pete Crow Armstrong with the Mets was one of the guys that was really highly scouted. And Veen was another who didn't have a lot of mm-hmm. games. I mean, high school outfielders, right? Like the, the percentages are there. We covered this in the 2020 wait for season period. So it's, it's out there. Like I will figure out and refresh at the end of the season. Maybe I'll even at the all-star break tie, I'll do an, I'll do an upgrade uh, update for us on like percentages. Cause we're starting to see a bunch of the 18 class come in now. So yeah. we can say by the all-star break, if we've seen maybe 10 of those guys that we can start to count that class in since they are in baseball, as there have been some isolated, um, you know, 19 and 20, 20 guys as well. So, but then you get into pitching and this is always fun, right? Like Espinosa, Reggie Lawson, Mackenzie Gore, uh, Jacob Nix is injured, but he was another guy that was once thought of to be doing able to do good things. Um, yeah, like lots of familiar names for us as fantasy owners. It's just a matter of what's, what does this clog at the major league level do for a McKenzie Gore? You know, does he come up? Well, I don't, I don't think they're going to rush him. I don't think they're going to try to. And Justin Lang was a guy that, that skyrocketed up the boards for the 20 draft, right? Late, very late climber um as a guy that could be interesting just 19 high school arm you know similar to what rob just said about you know the hitters we we're even more cautious about high school arms um but this is one a lot of people were very high on so an interesting guy to own maybe in your deeper formats if you're looking to to add a guy late in a in a, a trade that's not a bad look yeah. And then Nick Birdie would be the only other kind of flyery dude that I mentioned just because he's on my brain. You know, Mick Birdie is just a dude for me. And until he's out of baseball, he will be much like Brent Honeywell, um, which I think is a good way to transition away from 
the San Diego Padres and get us on to topical baseball fun, Ty. So um, we asked on Twitter, it was a little late. I apologize for those who may not have seen anything the morning of, but we, we asked if people wouldn't mind sending us some questions because we had some good DMs and I think now's a good time to, to cover them. If you are listening to several podcasts, we are amongst them. Thank you, first and foremost, for putting us in your rotation. Unlike Joe Musgrove, we will not be a perfect you know, podcast once and then suck. Um, let's see. Who has always gotten better, Ty? Let's pick. Who has always gotten Kenny better? Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers just got better with age. Not to mention we were the gamblers. Like we, we, we can have fun with the Kenny Rogers one. Okay. Uh, thanks for picking a current MLB. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Anyone that doesn't know Kenny Rogers, like screw off. Well, like, any, come on. The first like, thing if you're in a dynasty in- baseball league and you don't go back to Kenny Rogers, like, like you, you're, I don't know. You're a day trader right now. Well, the first thing that popped into my head was the Kenny Rogers uh, rotisserie or Kenny Rogers. What's it called that they, the Seinfeld episode with the, oh, I forget. I don't, but I don't whatever remember. it was that. Yeah. That was what popped anyway. But so, yeah, we, as, as you can tell from this little interaction here, we just get better every time. So, <laughs> uh, but let's go in. We're going to do a bit of a lightning round to start. We'll get off onto some tangents, but the idea is to maintain this. So, um, a, a quick question, which I thought was funny, was directed specifically for Ty. Um, is Tyler Naquin or Tyler O'Neill? Oh, yeah. Who's the better Tyler? I mean, this this is a great question. Shout out to whoever added this one. I, I don't I know apologize. I didn't add the handles. That was stupid. Yeah. Enough. So, I mean, great question. Two of my guys, like Naquin is a guy who I have loved for a long time. I feel like he got grossly neglected in Cleveland. And I, I thought, I'm not going to say I expected the home runs that we're seeing, but I, I think he's, he's good. Like he's, he's, he is a guy that if you're going to ask me if um, the, who's the center field guy they brought in last year? The, Shogo Akiyama? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, if you're going to ask me who I think should stay on that roster, it's Tyler Naquin all day, every so- day. This year, seven runs, five dingers, 14 RBIs, stolen base, 1K to walk. So that's four walks, 290 average, and an 1195 OPS. However, I don't think that counts today's 0 for 4. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to knock that down a little bit here. Naquin's a 260 kind of guy, right? 260, 15 home runs. He should be a fourth outfielder in your league. And this is how I'm going to answer the question is that I think Tyler O'Neill is a third outfielder and I think he has the power upside. And I think we're seeing a mad, um, an injury yep. injury. And a I'm t- doing the quotation injury. 28 at bats for him, Ty, three runs, three RBI, 14 K. So that's a 50% strikeout rate, 458 OPS. And that is why Ty is using the air quotes for injury because yeah. it is a strikeout can't see ball injury yeah um he's currently getting lasik eye surgery uh <laughs> out 10 days um <laughs> but, but but the reality is the power's there like I, i'm still gonna bet on Tyler O'Neill here i'm gonna die on myself i have to but at the end of the day at the end of the day i just I, 
I like Nick when as a fourth outfielder, not and, and a sneaky waiver wire guy, not as a potential starter in the outfield. Whereas O'Neill still has that upside, and so that's why I decided on O'Neill to that one. players who might have mentioned so I don't want to say anybody else that was possibly helpful. Just because I don't think he's going to get all the at-bats at first base, which is what he's going to need to clear 400. Yeah, in an injury potential, he's still not the guy yet. He, he's in a horrible thing. So it's like, you have to... He, he deserves to be the first base. Like, like, I'm not saying that he's not good. I'm just... I'm not sold that Pittsburgh for getting hand in that yet. So if he continues to... to But I, I think you'll see a lot of that for him from the catcher position. Okay. Saying this. 
three hitter. I don't think that When he's that hot, walks and like I was Thank you. 
Shout out to all of this. 
because he's he's done it on both and he obviously wants the best hitters in his lineup and he knows that Otani is one of his best hitters so he's going to do it and it also shows that he will do what's best for the ball club which is he's going to get more guys in because once every rotation he's going to get to move everybody around and do all those cool NL manager things that people talk about when they say oh if you get rid of the DH you're going to this and do that well Madden said hey I'm willing to do it you give me a who can hit right yeah. so maybe maybe this is one of those things where all of a sudden angels get brendan mckay and uh, michael and then it then it would be really cool if like a raise thing and they they were the change so um but yeah otani regardless is is just awesome and i'm so glad that he's he's hitting well and you know the pitching thing is just a miss start but he's and still just be doing it. maybe just maybe we can get off the hook for giving him the one ranking on the pitcher side eventually it was two it was two I but i one. i heard um on itl in this league the welsh was talking about dynasty rankings and they checked on fantasy pro so i'm stealing their fantasy pros lookup but it just means that we didn't go to fantasy pros and look ourselves the highest guy who <laughs> nice, ranked, that's a great workaround <laughs> yeah i don't want to go to fantasy pros um not that i don't like fantasy pros it, you know they're not fan graphs but uh just to save us one click on fantasy pros 64 i think was the highest dynasty rank and his average was just inside 100 but the welsh had said that he thought he had ranked him the most aggressive anywhere this is overall dynasty ties so not not we're we're not in this because we don't have um individual player ranks we have positional ranks only um he had him ranked 30th and like i agree that's damn aggressive before this season but we know the potentials there to your point ty saying he could be the best pitcher in dynasty it's because you consider the hitting at the same time you can't mm -hmm. just say oh his stuff is so electric or his bat is so electric but the combination of two like if you just think about a two average major league players. One's a pitcher. I like, I don't know what the right names to give in this scenario. Cause you can argue it either way. Um, but you know, a, um, a decent hitter, a decent pitcher, and you put them together, that is a dynamic player. You know, like you want to talk about war. They just doubled their war. You know, you give two, two and a half war players, like one offensive, one uh, pitcher. Now you got a five win guy right there. Right. And that's, well, it, that's what Otani can be doing. And Otani has like Roger Clemens stuff. Yeah. Like, like that's the crazy thing. Like he's got the heavy stuff that Clemens had and he just hasn't shown the longevity 
not the guy. Looks like both these guys are. He wrote. Followed closely by Clay, who seems to be a Tito favorite in Cleveland. Um, I'm going to put this one a little bit off the board. I'm going to put Garrett Whitlock as number three. And the reason I'm going to put him in is he's going to be a starter at some point this season in Boston. So I'm going to give him a, a, a bump there because of that piece of the puzzle. Um, but then I'm going to go immediately over John because I think he's going to end up as the closer he's been dominant so far in San Diego. saves or holds um, after that, and then Gallagher to finish out the group there. So, I mean, Gallagher can also find himself in the middle of the value here, but I just I think he has the lowest floor in that group, if I'm honest. I would like to change this Very simple. 
off season. It's all San Diego team and and it's really easy for people in the offseason especially like you know we we do projections we discuss our rankings based on projections but we don't throw projections out there it's something that we're hoping that we'll be doing when we're doing our draft kit and everything next offseason um along with that as we go through we're going to be working on a, a draft kit that will be available for purchase um but with Lamette it's one of those things do you want to bank on 150 innings of a two-pitch pitcher like Lamette? who can just sit and wait on? Or do you want to take the kind of silly approach and say, oh, Lamette could be really good. He's on a team that's loaded up. They're going to have easy 12 wins for him, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's that's not the way I'm going. I'm looking at no. what he can do as a pitcher, not the team scenario. If he's got three pitches and he needs an intelligent catcher to get the most out of him, that I'm, I'm into. Um, but if it's two pitches and health concerns, Cool. Red flags, baby. Red yeah. flags. Like I, I would I pick and choose that battle. And well, to me, it's Lamette out the door, get those assets back, whatever they be. Uh, keep your fair banks, you know, take your chance with Whitlock and others. Well, and, and the thing I see on your side of it too, is class A is the seven. And I think that's a dangerous spot for him. Five games so far, 4.1 innings, six strikeouts, two saves, 0.92 whip, uh, high velo guy. I think I think he's won the job there. Like you have James Kranchuk there as well, who's who's a guy, but Kranchuk is is a guy that can't hit the broadside of a barn. Stuff's electric, but can't control it. So there's concerns there. I, I think Class A is probably the best closer of that list by a significant margin. Fairbanks has stuff, but he has the fastball and the huge frame with the weird angle coming in. So it's a little bit of a different pitching style. Um, Gallego scares me because you've got Alex Reyes, you've got Jordan Hicks, and I'm a guy that nobody really knows about yet that is coming for the jobs at the back end of that bullpen. It's Cody Whitley, uh, who pitched in tonight's game actually in a blowout, um, as, as his first inning of the season, I believe. So, I, Sorry, I just who are we talking about now? I was just looking at Cleveland, so they're in the top of the 10th, and it's now one nothing Cleveland, and they're doing some damage against Crochet. So, I, I was phasing out on that one. Sorry, Ty. No, it's all good. I was talking about Galagos at the end of this. So just saying oh, how okay. I, I, I would be scared of Galagos. I, I would take the opposite approach to what you suggested. Instead of holding on to the couple of wins that I would get, I would see if I can offload those and, oh, replace, okay. him, and replace him with Cody Whitley. Because I think Cody Whitley is going to give you the same value. And I bet you Cody Whitley is unowned in almost every league. Great name for everybody. There you go, Cody Whitley. So that brings us talking about unowned. Let's talk about top of their position so this will be kind of lightning round here for us so that we're not getting too long in the tooth so this tie is everyone that is the top ranked player at their position and this is april 13th so we will be able to reference this back and maybe this will be a fun thing we do every month and just see how this goes so tie right now i'm going to tell you who's the top at their position and you give me a number 
uh, let's just say, I don't know what, between one and 30 for the position players. We're, uh, we're, put, we're putting the number on it for their position correctly. Yes, for okay. just their position. I'm only ranking positions. Okay. So uh, if it's a pitcher, you know, go as high as you want, but 150 is what there are for major league starters before you get into those sixth and beyond dudes. So Will Smith is number one tonight. Ty, where does Will Smith finish the season? The LA Dodger catcher. Where does he finish the season? Number one. Ooh, bold. Freddie Freeman, number one with Atlanta. Where does he finish the season at first base? Number one. Ooh. <laughs> let's keep saying ooh. uh <laughs> second base dj lemayhew is number one with those yankees where does he finish the season six it's, yeah okay so um to guillermo Gu- Gu- i just butcher anyway guillermo, guillermo I'm, pff, so good um who said and i didn't put this in because it was a last minute addition um he said and i'm gonna ch- I'll, I'll circle back to you i'll circle back uh, Xander Bogarts is the number one shortstop tie. Where does he finish the year? Ooh, this is a tougher one. Um, eight. Eight. All right. Ryan McMahon is the number one third baseman right now. Colorado. Where 12. does he finish? Ronald Acuna, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, yeah. is the number one. Of course I am, Ty. Come on. Two. two. Come on. Two, you six. There's only, <laughs> there's only one acceptable number one ahead of him. J.D. Martinez. So I, I did five outfielders for everybody in a that. five outfielder league. So J.D. Martinez is currently second. Where does he finish? 13th. Byron Buxton is healthy, Ty. Yeah. And he is, is the third. He this is, is the, the hardest ranked. one. This yes, is the hardest that's why one. I chose more, to be honest. I liked, once you got into depth, it got to be a little bit more interesting. Because, like, Byron Buxton healthy, I think, is is very high on this list. But Byron Buxton as Byron, Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton healthy is not a, that's not a thing. Yeah, so, that's the hard part. So, I'm, I'm going to hedge my bets a little bit here. It's like, you know, the Price is Right game where you got to pick the number of the hiker. As he goes oh, up yeah, the hill. They, yeah. And the number I, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. 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 So so I'm gonna say 11. I'm gonna say oh 11. Oh my god, that's high. Yeah, I'm gonna say 11. Because I, I, I think he's healthy. The frame is thicker. I like what I see. And okay. I think they're I think they have the four scump signs out in center field. Like, stop, <laughs> stop. Right. So he doesn't run Which into the wall. You've been talking about for three years now that you he want to see those. He keeps running into the wall. Like it's the same thing every year. It's not as if he's tearing hamstrings. Like he's literally running into walls. Like right. it's a thing. <laughs> stop. Just, just stop. Okay. So Mike Trout is number four. Where does he finish the year? Three. Ooh, I like it. And Tyler Naquin is number five. Ty, where does Tyler Naquin finish the year? Uh, we NA. already know. NA. Yeah, we already if know. I it's below if I can't Tyler say 30, O'Neal. It's, it's NA. No, no, no. You can go. So for outfielders, let's because you got three starters plus a bench guy. So you got 120 in MLB baseball. So between one and 120. 101. Yeah. Okay. So you really feel that fade is coming for him. Uh, yeah, now, I li- I like him, but I just yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm gonna be realistic here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's good for the dynasty owners to know, right? If you're looking to make a trade, Tyler Naquin may not be the guy to put much stock in that trade unless you need him now and week two and week three and week yeah. four are really important to you. Now's not a time. Remember the fantasy season. If you're playing head to head, 
is usually 20 to 22 weeks. And then you've got four weeks of playoffs depends on your formats and all those kind of things, but you got 26 weeks of MLB baseball. So to sell or give up a lot early expecting Tyler Naquin to be starting the rest of the way that you got to be on that, right? Like you got to, you got to own that if you're taking it. And if he doesn't, if he ends up fourth outfielder and at bats go from, you know, 20 plus a week down to 10, that's going to really make it hard for you to evaluate that. So top utility um, eligible, this is utility only I went for, because obviously any, any hitter is utility potential, but it's Nelly Cruz. Uh, where do you think Nelly finishes? And this will, will do the same thing. They've got to be utility only. So like Mercedes, uh, Otani, any of the other types of guys that could be in Number that situation. One. Yeah. I think there won't be a lot of those guys anyway. Uh, okay. So top pitcher, we already mentioned him off the top talking about San Diego is Joe Musgrove. Where does Joe Musgrove finish? So, so for this one, Ty, I'll give you up to 150 because there are potentially 150 starting pitchers before we get into the injuries. Yeah. I'm going to say 71. So, Oh my gosh. You think he's really falling back. All right. The man made of glass now, Tyler Glass now. Where does he finish the year? 12. Oh, wow. Okay. Cole, Garrett Cole. He is currently third after a dynamite start yesterday in Dunedin against the Turundin. Is that a good Toronto <laughs> Dunedin? I haven't drank enough. Um, anyway, against the Jays, he he put him, put him down, sent him back to high A. I... I, I want to keep him at three. Like my, my, my gut says three because it's Garrett Cole. Yeah. My brain and my eyeballs saw not a great start yesterday. I saw him get away with a lot of things. So I'm, and I've seen that in two starts against Toronto now. So I'm going to say eight. Okay. And that is going to be different from what I think everyone else would say. That's well, that's fine. All right. Wade Miley is 451. <laughs> i agree and and for anyone who's listened for a while you know i hate wade miley and he was on waivers in two leagues and i just was like no i'm not picking him up i don't care uh wade, wade, wade miley, miley to me is through you version. wade miley wade miley's to me is the the guy that's sitting at the bar in a restaurant that has been there forever and he's got those you know those those little cards that you pick up and you the peelers do you know what I'm talking about? The cards you pick up that are peeled. No, like and it's like it's like the game where you have to get three of them in a row, and in there it's a lottery game, right? And it's like oh yeah yeah cards. yeah yes. You know what I'm talking about? Or you, yeah. So you just like crack them like yeah yeah, and there's the five rows that you yeah. open them up. Yeah. So it's he's the fancy like a version of thing. that lottery game. <laughs> and so I'm just I'm not playing that game. It's not happening. So he's 151. <laughs> and and like Wade Miley, those games are usually for charity. So all right, <laughs> <That's> exactly. <clears throat> SP five right now is Jose Barrios, Minnesota. Now, obviously, these are a little skewed, right? Because some guys have two starts, some guys have one. Like Tyon started for the first time today, so you know. But whatever, we're just and is currently ranked one fifty one. That's right. Result. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, James Paxton, uh, because of the six man rotation, is one fifty one with his. But any, <laughs> anyway, uh, so Barrios, Ty, where do you think he might finish the year? Um. I, I'm a I'm a Barrios fan. He's a very As safe workhorse. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say 14. Okay, I was um, gonna say 20 for myself, but yeah, I'm only I, doing this for you. I just think the win total gets him to 14. I think that's what it's gonna come down to. Okay, we just mentioned him and discussing 
uh, Woody's question, but Galagos with St. Louis, he's got two wins, two save holds, well, two saves right now for St. Louis. He's the top ranked RP. I took out anyone who had a start. So right now, Galagos is the RP uh, number one. Who, who, where do you think he finishes? And and we could go to 150 with this as well, because there will be a million. Like you know, most pens have seven guys, a lot have eight, nine. Um, but let's just say, say one to 150. 33. 33. All right, Jake McGee, who I would like an early season pat on the back. As soon as he signed, I was like, that's the guy. Um, you know, we've we've seen success from him before Ty, you talked about the fact that he was a dominant pitcher until he went to Colorado and then goes to LA last year, dominant pitcher. And now he's doing it for San Francisco. He's currently ranked second. I believe it was five safe holds. He's got already four, maybe with San Francisco. Where do you think he could finish the year? Yeah. I mean, this is an interesting thing. Like we, we laughed about it when Ellen was on uh, that all he does is throw fastballs. Um, and, and there's, there's some truth to that. I mean, I think so far this season, he has thrown seven sliders and 65 fastballs. So I'm, I'm loving him in San Francisco. Like it is the complete Mm -hmm. opposite of his career in Colorado. That said, I don't know that he's going to have as many save opportunities as he did in his stretch in LA last year or holds for that matter. Same thing. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to put him 37th <laughs> random number. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, that's fine. I it's mean, fair. aren't these all random numbers? Oh yeah. yeah. But like what, you know, if yes, but you're, you're not picking like 45 or whatever. You're just like 33, 37. Okay. It's like, you're very, you're like, let me move these four dudes. Da, 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 da. So what okay. the hell are we already rounding numbers? Like when, when no. did we take the risk out of these things? We're, we're not. We're okay. not, I just thought maybe like you just pick that. Now. Anyway, okay. Mark Melanson is RP3 right now in San Diego. Also mentioned earlier this episode. Uh, fun, fun stuff. Five safe holds right now. Ty, where does Melanson finish the year on the 13. RP ranking? Oh, so you think he is sick. So we are, so that tells me, Ty, we are buying Melanson. We're holding or looking to maybe acquire McGee, depending on the state of our bullpen. And if you are in a 20 or, or larger league, Galagos and McGee should be in play for you for acquisitions. Brios, we talked about this before. Brios is a good, reliable starting pitcher. He's a guy to get. Obviously, Cole's a dude. Glass now, third pitch, Ty. We talked about that. Third pitch for Glass now. That's a big one. So I like it. We will um, post these up on the Twitter. We will hold these. And maybe we'll discuss them in mid-May because that's fun to do, uh, monthly monthly thing. So uh, lots to cover there. The only other thing I did want to mention was uh, Gilmore. Gil, Gilmore, jeez. We should just call him G so we don't G. butcher this so much. G-Sal. <laughs> yeah. So G-Sal said, how awesome are Nick Madrigal's next 25 weeks going to be for him to climb to his rightful position as the top-rated fantasy second baseman? <laughs> Love it. Love that's it. that's how you get blocked right there, G Sal. <laughs> no, but oh, I I did man. say uh, it'll be him and Jed Jed Lowry atop that mound because Jed Lowry is hot hot stuff right now. Um, and actually, the final point Ty was in a dynasty league that we are both in. Philip Evans, third baseman for Pittsburgh, was traded last night. I don't know if you saw the trade come through 
for a first round pick in next year's universal draft, which includes expiring contracts, as well as anyone who comes off the waiver wire this year, that's crazy good. And the entire rookie class. So the, the MLB rule Four draft, that's all the college high school guys, as well as the J two class that will sign in January next year. So that, that is a valuable pick that was given up. Now, Philip Evans will have six years of control. What, what do you think off the top? What do you think about that trade? Six years of Philip Evans or what, what the guy is hoping is a, is a draft pick that's somewhere between 20 and 30, which means he's a playoff team this year with that trade. I'm going to take the draft pick. Yeah. yeah. I would take, I would take Evans if, if my pick is 20 to 30. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have to be absolutely have to be in the running to win this season to make that trade. And that's why he did it. He thinks that, that, uh, cause he asked me beforehand, do I believe he's going to get at bats? Which is why I put the question in because I thought it was a good one um, with the trade, with a trade. It absolutely does. Of course it does. Right. That's an easy answer, but also a guy like Evans has, has had, I think it was 39 at bats in 20 and he hit, then broke his jaw and he came right back this year and he hit again. And if you're Pittsburgh, you're trying to showcase anyone like that yeah. more than you're trying to give Key Brian Hayes at bats. But you will give Key Brian Hayes his at bats. It's just a matter of where does Evans move to, which could mean kind of like a Keston Hira, he could be an, a multi-position eligible guy. Um, but Evans and Keston Hira are not the same thing. And, and I could see if we want to put a really um, crummy thing to it, uh, Philip Evans could be like a Scooter Jeanette where he has a really short period of time. You mentioned Aquino earlier in the episode, but, but I think Evans is just like a good, a good hitter. It's just a matter of how long is he going to do it for? Yeah. So that was a ballsy trade. And I love those in 30 team leagues because you have a short window in most 30 team leagues. You can't always, um, you know, be there, be at the end of the season. And this is a league where it's 16 categories and you get one win, one tie or one loss at the end of the week that's it you don't win your categories and then it counts up that's just weekly roto uh that's what our home league has now become because uh ty <laughs> changed the settings and i wanted to make sure i mentioned that um ty changed the settings of our home league to weekly roto now it was not on purpose but it happened and, and do and, not do not edit this out <laughs> and you did not cross the commission my league as rob found out today he was both hired <laughs> and fired as commissioner in the same day so <laughs> he learned that lesson and it's all good fun but uh, part of the greatness of home leagues, right, is you can get people fired up about things that are stupid and have a lot of fun with it. So that's that's what happened today. Um, hopefully no one was too offended by me firing uh, as quickly as I did. So um, I think it's a great spot to leave it, Robbie. This is a bit of a long one, but I think we covered a lot of great stuff. Uh, keep those questions coming, guys. I mean, that's great stuff. Make sure you hit us up at Dingers Pod on Twitter with all of those questions all the time, whether it's, Hey, should I make this really stupid trade or should I absolutely take this trade and plan for the future? We're happy to answer all those questions, but until next time, it's been Rob and Tyler on Dingers. This is Dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. (laughs) 
Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go.